button. There, I've hit the button. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the newest indoor adventure in Ghosts of Saltmarsh, The Styes, Part 1. Today is March 12th, 2020, and you are loved. And that is a very important thing that we like to begin each and every single one of our sessions by letting all of you know. And if this is your first time hearing it from us, consider going to youtube.com slash indoor adventures and check up on all of the VODs that we have of the rest of our games, one-shots, what-have-yous, all there ready to let you know how much we love and appreciate you. However, if you are more of an audiocast-styled individual, consider going to anywhere where podcasts are made available for free. You can find us there under the same moniker. Also, if you already support the show via Twitch, YouTube, what have you, consider going to patreon.com slash indooradventures where you can gain access to our after show called Nights in the Courtyard as well as help make this show continuing to be self-sustaining. So that way, things like Adobe, Zoom, Pretzel, all of the programs that we use are actually paid for by the viewers. It's wonderful. My, I love it. I thank you. My wallet thanks you. It's been fantastic to see. And last but not least, if you want to support the show via other means as well, maybe you don't want to make a recurring payment with Twitch or Patreon, but you still want to help support the show, consider going to Indoor Adventure, no S at the end, dot redbubble.com. You can pick yourself up some sweet merch. We got posters, we got t-shirts, we got mugs, we got shower curtains, throw pillars, pretty much anything you want. I don't know why I said throw pillar. That doesn't make any sense. But maybe it's a long boy and you can use it as a piece of structure in an upcoming house. Who knows? So that is it for my spiel. Hey, Dingo, who are you playing tonight? I'm Dingo, she, her, and I am playing Hish Sungard, the half-orc fighter. He, him. Hey, what's up? It's your boy, Reeves. Uh, and I'm playing Omen Dark. We both use he, him, and Ham the Slime, or Ham Dark, uh, who uses they, them. Hi! I'm Cyber. He, him. I play Albus, the semi-carpet sorcerer. Also uses he, him. And I'm Kylan. I play Jilfayan Lyrandar, who is a half-elf cleric. I am a human with no class levels, and we both use she, her. Are we all muty? No. Okay. It just said that Dingo was, but... Is it just me? No. You're showing up. I don't know why they are hearing you muted. Everything should well, be fine on this end. Dang old nefarious. I'm gonna... <laughs> Damn it, nefarious. Oh, Jadie Bamboo's said that she heard old. everything. So, thank you, Jadie. <laughs> Thank you, thank you, Nephi. We're proud of you. So, I am the indoor adventurer, he, him, and tonight I shall be your dungeon master. So, last we left off, you guys had managed to escape the thrall of the dark crystal on the bottom of the skeletal vessel that was dragging both Hish, Ham, and most everyone who got on board down towards a large sinkhole on the ocean floor. However, freeing yourself from this, you managed to go back to the surface, hop aboard Triumph, your weird demon ship granted to you by Jill's, uh, by Jill's writing powers. All things are powerful, or all things are possible through Tharsden. And you guys made your way continuously southbound towards the city of Moran, Jill's home. Upon entering this city, not everything was as you remember it, Jill, or maybe you were just looking at it through rose-colored glasses. 
things have changed, at least visibly from what you remember. Everything seems a little bit more downtrodden now. And as you were getting off of the boat, you ended up getting strong-armed by several uh, guards asking for gold pieces in uh, as a entrance fee for entering into the town. And after paying this, you continued on and you realized uh, that there was the sounds of a old man getting roughed up. Uh, and it was at this point that you ended up pushing through a crowd of individuals and saw that there was a group of kids, no older than what looked to be 13, all just stomping on this rather old, now disheveled looking individual. Jill, this being your hometown, you decided to rush in, cast a thaumaturgy spell to scare away all of these children's and the adults seemed more dissatisfied that they couldn't watch to the end of this uh, this beating of the old man. And so uh, the groups ended up dispersing and you ended up meeting with a Master Refram, uh, an older looking gentleman, uh, lighter skin, shorter hair, uh, receding hairline, kind of wispy brown up top. And they uh, ushered you back to a small apartment, uh, saying that they would at least take you to uh, their place of gathering. Seeing as uh, while they're taking you on, uh, while they're taking you to this place, you realize that there aren't many religious buildings that are set around. There are no grandiose temples. There are no. Um, there are no like kiosks or anything like that as there would be in a larger city that you're used to such as Waterdeep or Neverwinter and you end up following Refram into his uh, small abode where when you ask him what has happened he let he basically tells you welcome to the styes uh, this is the this is where we left off and as you guys are picking up uh, the things that are of note about Refram's place, it smells heavily of oil in this building. Whereas the rest of the city already does not smell great, Refram's workshop, uh, as you guys are able to kind of see it, definitely smells like uh, the oil used to grease small uh, pieces of mechanics. It looks like he has been in the process of building things, not necessarily one large thing, but a series of smaller things, whether it's toys or other kind of uh, baubles to kind of help promote a sense of goodwill here in the styes. But as you uh, begin to talk to him, uh, he lets you know things have not been well here, to say the least. Uh, as you all saw, at least, at least I hope you saw, you rescued me from a group of small children who were, well, to put it bluntly, kicking me while I was down. It's been a rough time. Ever since the alchemists got a little ahead of themselves in terms of leniency, our rivers have become polluted. The air here is getting thicker than it has been, and there are more people that are coming here and staying than we have infrastructure for. We're swelling, but to a point of burst. It hasn't been good. When did... 
When did Moran pick up this dreadful nickname, the Styes? Well, uh, I'd say about about a year and a half ago now. Almost a year. I see. I suppose I left just in time before all this. And Refram will pull out uh, in a drawer what looks like a small box, and when he flips it open, there is a set of spectacles that he actually rests along the bridge of his nose. Seems like the spectacles that he had were either destroyed or stolen by the young kids, so he has himself, uh, he's built himself up quite a set. Yes, uh, we've also been dealing with, um, well, this, I don't really know how else to describe it, a string of murders. We called him the Lamplight Killer. Um, late at night, uh, when people were walking alone and not as, well, the styes aren't exactly the best, but all things considered, there are some areas that are safer than others, and... Well, every once in a while, sailors would turn up missing. Or they just wouldn't turn up at all. And every single one of them, uh, well, they all had the same kind of motive, or at least they all looked the same going into it. And what might that be? Well... There'd always be a little bit of a bloody mess, and whenever there was individuals who had seen it, they never saw who exactly did it, or people who ended up getting away. They only ever saw a hanging lantern being carried by the killer, or what we can assume is the killer. And has this been going on as long as... Well, all the other oh. shit that's been happening? Oh, this was only within the last few months or so. Uh, about last six, I'd like to say. I... I guess I just don't understand. When did this... How did this all start? Everything seemed... fine whenever I left. I mean... Sure, it's, every place has its downsides, but not like this. There are certain downsides that are always present. Now, you just don't really look at a lot of the time. Alchemist Guild, they're one of our downsides. Everyone thought that they were bringing in quite a bit of currency into the town, and they were. But, uh, again, lack of regulation on any kind of uh, either environmental protections or really anyone who can muster up a sort of force to go and talk to them. Well, they don't seem to really care. They're not on the city council anymore, but they still bring in coin. But the damage that they've done is, is irrevocable. 
Who is in the city council? Uh, city council? Well, there are five members of the city council. Let me look at them here in this quick guide that I happen to have of Saltmarsh. This brochure says all about the ah, city council. Every <laughs> last one of them. Also, who's on the Taldori Council? <laughs> well, uh, counselors are. Uh, there's the Lady Raishlin, uh, or the Lord Raishlin. Uh, he's an elven man. Um, lives in the remnants of the High Quarters. Uh, then there is Councillor Thornwall. Uh, she lives in Thornwall Tower, which I wouldn't go there if I were you. It's dark magics, uh, people. It's quite, it's quite believed by most everyone here that uh, well. There's some sort of untapped portal to the Nine Hells that exists in that tower, and she doesn't seem to be keen on closing it, if you know what I mean. Uh, then, uh, there's Lyris. Uh, I don't really know what they do. Never asked, they say, logistics not exactly sure what that means and then of course there's uh one of the newer folks in town uh, mr dory uh he came in and began helping out with um fishing fleets canning that sort of thing are any of them in particular over this area of the styes Yes. No. They all think about what to do here, but as far as actual action goes, well, it can be very few and far between. My <coughs> mother mentioned um, Mr. Dorian, the last letter I got from her. Um, she said that he <laughs> he was giving my brothers jobs. Oh my gods, my brothers! I, Gives I quite a few people jobs. Master Refram, um, <clears throat> my family are they are they all right? I don't know. No one ever comes to visit me. The last I heard, they were doing all right. Um, seemed like they were having a bad sword up to about well, this point, five months ago. But then things started to. They seem to unwind from their stress a little bit, and things have just been going better for them ever since. What? Do you mean by a bad sort? I, they never told me any, anything of that nature. Well, take a look around you. 
Things aren't exactly the best, all things considered. To be a family that relies on fishing, that relies on good sails, when the water around you becomes poisoned, it's hard to keep up. Now, your family, always a little proud. And as soon as Mr. Dory came in, started offering jobs, they took them right up. They started working for him. Just the brothers, I believe. Uh, not really sure what your parents are up to. I, I see. I suppose I'll... I need to go check in on them. Yeah, I suppose you do. Now. Back to the murders. I was actually going to ask, you said the killer was still at large, right? I don't believe that is just one killer. Mm -hmm. uh, several days ago, they ended up condemning a boy, a young man. To his own, to his own end, he all didn't really have much to talk to. Didn't have many to talk to. I went and visited him every once in a while, but all things considered, he wasn't um, well. Wasn't really much to write home about. He was a young man, uh, Dorian, I believe his name was. Um, but he has no recollection of doing these things. But I assume someone saw him, or? Yes. So we did what we could and put him away in the Hope and Air Asylum until we could figure out what was going on. And through magical means, we determined he was the one in charge of the killings. But he swears he didn't do it. That it wasn't him, that it was something else. What do you mean by magical means? Uh, zone of truth, that sort of thing. Yeah, that checks out. Okay, so you said you you put him away in an asylum. Did the are the murders still going on even with him away? The day after his public execution, following the cremation of his body there was another killing also with the same lamplight that others had seen before it just seems a little silly to me that if the killer is carrying a lamplight it seems like it should draw attention to him and better illuminate who he is you wear an awfully large cloak 
What if you had a cloak or a more concealed robe that didn't really give much away to your face? Okay, You're also perfect. incredibly large and well built, like a brick shit house, I might add. <laughs> for you, yes, it would be very difficult, but for us, average builded folk, enough cloaks, we kind of look the same. Okay, so average build, I'm getting that much so far. Okay, wait, there's something, okay. Even though through magical means you determined that he couldn't have done it, or at least couldn't have done it alone, you executed him anyway. And I'm not saying you personally, obviously, but... No, I agree. The people of the town put a man to death for what they had done. All signs pointed to them, but then the killing started again. But it's a cover-up. At least that's what I've heard. A man who died. The guards got rid of their body very quickly. News has been at least slightly suppressed. There hasn't been much talk about it. It's, I don't think that the guard necessarily wants people to know that there is the imitation killer out there. They want the people to at least feel some sort of safety. I have a couple of questions. Before this man was executed, was there a trial where someone in particular leading charge against him and also who is over the guards in this part of the city oh well if you're looking for somebody who resides over the guards uh, that would be uh, the half-orc woman just a second uh, that would be constable jute Jut. J-U-T. Jut. <clears throat> Jut, yeah. Uh, as far as who has been pressing charges, it's the city. The but no one, is, no one is leading that. Constable would be leading that. That would be a private investigation looking into the killer's whereabouts. Upon having tracked down the killer, we caught them in the act of doing the murder. This isn't, we found a weapon with them at home, we found them. That's why we hold them up in the asylum to look after them.
I say we as the town. If it were up to me, it would have worked towards rehabilitating the boy. Something. Not holing them up in the house. And then asking them as many questions as they can, hope and errors. It's not a right place. Well, drill fire in. Yes, what should, what should we do first? I... I don't even know where to begin, to be honest. I know should it's... we check in on your family? Well... Talk to the constable? If it's not too selfish of me, I would like to check in on my family. Obviously, I'm not saying you will have to tag along, but... It would give me some peace of mind if I could just see how they're doing. I think it would be kind of fun to meet your family. <laughs> uh, I suppose. I uh, assumed that's where I was going to be following you had we not been interrupted by, you know, seeing a man being beaten by kids. I'm glad you were interrupted. <laughs> yes, it was quite fortunate. I'm glad we could be of assistance. Very well. I suppose we'll head there first, but perhaps we can look into some other things while we're here, conducting our business. Um, thank you. Master Raphim, for the, um, for the ketchup. Oh, of course. Um, please, um, it's just Raphim for now. Very Maybe well. Once I can have a proper temple again, it will be Master, but until then, just Raphim. Do I remember what deity he was in service of? Yeah, I would say you would remember that he was a... He was just a Lathander priest. Okay. Yeah, just a, a member of the member of the sun god. Just a dude. Just, okay. Just a religious dude. A priest. Alright, so you guys are parting with Master Rephraim and then making your way back out onto the streets. And now that you have spoken with Rephraim and actually get a good look at the town, that was a cool sound. <laughs> this is the Styes, the decaying remains of a once notable port district. Under bent gables, the carcasses of its houses lean against each other, languid, broken, and awaiting the peace of collapse. 
Door frames sag, dislocated from sod walls heavy with mildew, while splintering timbers support rotting boardwalks like broken limbs, disappearing into the thick, rancid water of the harbor below. In numerous places, sections of boardwalks have fallen away completely, leaving broad holes that expose polluted water. And this water, as you are getting a look at it, you can see now what Refram was meaning with the Alchemist Guild having no real regard for the surrounding area. On top of the water, you can see that there are pools of oil. There are ribbons of color that just sort of seem to stream from one of these pools towards the next. And there is a... It's almost like a gas that seems to exude out of the river. And looking towards the district... Uh, where Refram had pointed, being towards the Alchemist Guild, you can see that there is heavy smoke that seems to be billowing out of the chimneys, but because of the location of Moran, where it is in a very secluded bay, not much wind actually takes any of this smoke away and a lot of this heavy gas just seems to sort of be resting along the town itself making it hard to breathe i need everybody to make a constitution save eight 21 bomb 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 for a 22. <laughs> okay. 12. Okay. So, Ham, you and Jill are fine uh, as you make your way through this town and you can kind of hear that there is... The people here are not healthy by any means. You can see that there are a lot of emaciated faces there are a lot of beleaguered individuals and you and there is just the ever-present echoes of someone coughing off in the distance hish and albus the two of you have a have acquired a airborne disease here within the styes and that airborne disease is known as red eyes Albus, uh, batting two for two on those diseases, huh? Listen. <laughs> so. Chat, stop wilding. This is called red face. <laughs> Sorry. So, the effects of red face are identical to those of sight rot within the Dungeon Master's Guide. Ma'am? So, sight rot. For all those of you at home... One uh, one day after infection, your vision starts to become blurry. So starting no. tomorrow, your vision will become blurry. But right now, there is an itchy. I'm already farsighted. Or nearsighted? Hish is near... No, farsighted. So there is an itchiness that is just like at the corners of your eyes. And... Uh, you can hear also that there is somebody off in the distance who's currently selling a product uh, to heal Red Face. 
and they have a very monotone, dry voice uh, asking if you have a cure for red face. <laughs> they look like Bill Stein. Anyway. <laughs> Moving past that, uh, so Albus, you and Hish now have uh, a little bit more of a red tinge in your face. And Jill, are you maneuvering with your party towards uh, towards your old home? Yes. Okay. So, Jill, you um, were... Yes. Yeah. As we're walking, uh, I think Omen ponders to the group. Do you think this killer could have anything to do with Skafka? I was literally thinking the same thing. Well, wondering. And he kind of looks at Albus. I'm not sure. Is anybody else itchy? Yeah, a little bit. Uh, I don't see what purpose he would have food I don't know if you need to eat how much you need to eat in that form and or if he has little tool I don't think there would be much of a much evidence left if he was eating them. I... I'm not sure. I don't think this... I don't think this matches an Apple's feeding habits. Too sneaky. Not sneaky enough. Based on the information we've heard of what's been occurring here in Moran, do you think any of it could have ties to Skothka? I don't know. I mean, Indoor, can I make a general like insight check on the area? Yeah, of course. Or maybe intelligence would be better for this. I I, I want to figure out if this like if this is giving me Ableth mo. Yes, make an insight. Seventeen. It's possible. You know that Skafka is around, but like you said, this seems like it would almost be a little too open for some kind of Aboleth feeding pattern. But Skafka is not your average Aboleth. What about just like the general like decay of the city? Like is that like Aboleth Lair? 
stuff. It looks... It doesn't seem slimy enough to be Abolith Lair. It just seems like this town is very run down. What about the polluted water? That's the Alchemy Guild. 110%. Okay. Yeah. Like, maybe there's polluted water that an Abolith is doing beneath the surface, but as it stands, it seems like the Alchemy Guild is just disregarding environmental safety standards EPA is going to have a field day but they're in Faerun not Om so guys make your way to Jill's house and Jill when you arrive you can see well I guess what does your house look like We've never established this before, so what does the house that Jill grew up in look like? Hmm. That is an excellent question. Um, do you know, like, in Amsterdam, where they have all of the houses by, like, the canal that are all kind of, like, they share similar walls, and they're all kind of like that same height and they kind of like they're very thin and they go back more than they go out this way yeah uh i picture something like that that's not too far from the shore or like if there are like waterways through the city then it would be on one of those for sure but uh definitely in a port dock district okay uh, thankfully, the city of Moran was actually built as like a kind of artificial island. Uh, some buildings are held up via magic, some are just held up via, you know, industrial willpower. Uh, thankfully, your family is in the section of town that is being held up by magic, so you never really have to worry about your city sinking in. Um, so, as you go up to the door, uh, you realize that their house is one of the few houses that doesn't look rotted for the most part. Like, it seems like there is actually some sort of, like, rather than the doorways being a little sagged and waterlogged, it seems like they have kind of maintained their structural or integrity. Uh, the paint along the side of the house has yet to fully properly peel. Uh, and it looks like there is, like, your family had, like, uh, plants hanging out of, like, little potted planters on the front. You can actually see that amidst all of the decay of this city that there are little green sprouts that are actually trying to make their way out of these potted plants. Yeah, I think Jill kind of breathes a, a quiet sigh of relief. I'll just be like, well, all right, um, here goes nothing. Uh, she'll knock on the door. Okay, and as you go to knock on the door, the door actually swings open, and... Uh, there's a figure with their head turned behind, uh, with their head turned to you, actually shouting back into the house. Uh, and they say, uh, don't worry, I'll get enough for both of the boys. It will be fine. 
and then they look back down and standing in front of you jill is a half elven woman she's a little bit taller than you same kind of deep bluish black uh, almost raven black hair color that is a little bit wavier uh softer facial features than yours and they look down and they seem very surprised to see your hand in a knocking fashion so close and just jill is this my mom <laughs> it is your mother this is uh this is Feyora lyrandar Mother. I... From... What are you doing here? I... Sorry. I'm sh... It's lovely to see you again. Hello, all of Jill's friends. Uh, would you like to come in? Yes. Yes, actually, yes. Saril! Oh! Saril! Jafayan's home! Oh! And you hear, uh, send her in! Send her in! <laughs> and Ferora just opens up the door and you hear her muttering something about just like, oh, I thought it was going to be four, but now it's going to be seven. Like, referring to number of, or thought it was going to be four, now it's eight. Referring to mouths to feed for the trip that she was about to take into the market. And you are all brought in to this small, uh, to this smaller room. And you can see that there are two rocking chairs that are set up next to these windows uh, that are on the perfect side of the house to always let the correct amount of light in. There are some plants that are still growing on the inside. Uh, you can see that uh, Saril, uh, Jill's father, is wearing a what looks like a hand-knitted sweater that has this incredibly intricate pattern onto it. Uh, that you wouldn't recognize pretty much anywhere else, but it seems like a lot of what Saril wears, there's also like a knitted hat that he currently has on, also has that same kind of patterning. Um, there are uh, several lamps that have been set up to kind of allow uh, any extra light, and you see that there are books just sort of squared away. They don't seem like they follow necessarily the most rigorous of organizational systems, but all things considered, they have them in sections. Uh, and Ferora looks around and tries to bring stools and other things for people to sit on. And in the meantime, Sarl stands. And your father is a half-elf, correct? Because you have two half-elf parents, or was it half-elf and human? Um, so, the way I pictured it, her dad was a half-elf and her mom was an elf. Okay, gotcha. So, elven mom. Her ears are a little bit longer. Again, she has kind of finer features, but Saril has half-elven features. And it seems like they definitely have more of the human side to their half-elvenness. You see that they actually have a little bit of scruffle growing along their face. Uh, and it is a... It's dark, 
but you can see that there is a little bit of the salt and pepper kind of currently growing into it. And when Saril stands, he comes up uh, and says, Oh, it's so good to see you. I'm so glad you're home. And he just gives you a big hug, Jill. Uh, and Ferora just sort of like, still need to find chairs. Like, <laughs> her daughter's home. Great. But at the same time, you just unloaded a bunch of company that she was not ready for. <laughs> I think it's... he's just trying to help, like, find seating. Um, yeah. Jill will fully lean into the hug with her father and be like, it's good to see you. You and mother are both looking well. Yes. The house looks well. Surprisingly so. Uh, we must have been some act of goodwill by by one of the townsfolk about five months ago or so uh we woke up and it was better on the outside than when we left it when we went to sleep just suddenly like that uh, and her mom says almost overnight yes Indoor, does that uh, match with any sort of internal timeline? <laughs> Jill Fayen, well, you had found yourself in the service of one Tharazdin roughly five months ago. Wow, how time flies. Um, okay. Uh, she'll just be like, that's incredibly charitable of the neighbors. To and that's not all. Go ahead, tell them Saril, and Saril says, well, um, I'm sure you might have seen some of the people in town. They're not looking so well in the face. Uh, there's, um, something in the air right now that's actually, uh, causing bouts of blindness in folk, and I, I didn't think I was going to be able to see again for a little bit. Father! I work in the city. It's not like I can just stop going to work even if there is sickness out there. And then Ferora says, and then what happened? And Saril says, well, then one day I woke up and I was better. It was around the same time that our house got better as well. So I'm counting it double blessing. Just like that, huh? Just like that. Well, that's certainly... Certainly something. I, I'm very glad to see that you all have been blessed in spite of everything. Where's, um... Moros? Rhinan, where? Well... Uh, and then, uh, as her father leads into it, uh, Feyror just says, Well, I hope that they're both still at work. They too I... have shown that they are stronger than whatever it is seems to be out there in the air. So they keep getting promoted. They're doing well. Each controls or is in charge of their own vessel now. That's... Excellent news. When did... 
Uh, I remember you writing me about Mr. Dory. How long have they been employed in his service? Well, Mr. Dory, uh, when he first showed up to town, he was looking for people for work. He offered decent enough pay. So they've been with him almost from the beginning. I see. Um, well, please, I, I must know more about how did things get this way? How did things get this bad? You look away long enough. Simply choose not to see it until it becomes an issue. Isn't that how it always happens with things like this? First, it was the Alchemist's Guild. Their smoke still just rests throughout the town. Whatever it is they've done to the waters has been steadily creeping up. Then we started getting more people. People displaced from a lot of the events that are happening in the north. And people trying to find ships out, but there aren't any northbound vessels, really. But that doesn't stop people from coming by, trying to work, and continuing northward. So we needed to make room for them. We needed to build houses. But the only places that we could build were on top of each other. So now... Even old lighthouses are getting renovated to just fit as many bodies in as we can. Get enough bodies in, in a low enough hygienic place, disease. Do I feel like it's happened a little quicker, all things considered? I mean, sure. Not exactly something I was expecting when we moved to Moran. It used to be a nice place. Now, we're the last house with paint. Do I have any knowledge of what's been happening in the north that they're referring to? Make a history check. So with an 18, uh, as far as things that are happening in the north, you know that the Sword Coast, while an excellent place for adventurers and money seekers and like glory seekers all the same, a terrible place to live if you're an NPC. <laughs> Fuck that place. So like a lot of what she's referring to is mostly people who have come from the lower end of Faerun and are just making their way south, trying to strike up a more uh, amenable situation in Om. Or people who are from the inside, uh, who are from the inner workings of Om, who are trying to make their way back out, possibly set sail towards one of those fanciful cities, like Boulder's Gate, like Neverwinter, like uh, 
like Waterdeep, somewhere where they feel like there would be more opportunity. I think she's just going to kind of lower her head and shake it and just be like, is there... Surely there's something that can be done. This can't be allowed to continue. The only thing that can be done at this point, you can move. We can try and maybe the disease will clear out a decent enough of number of this population that those that are left can spread again and maybe turn this into some sort of bigger city afterwards it happens and sorrel says you are thinking about this as an entirely longevity standpoint there are lots of things that we could do we could uh, shut down the alchemist guild which draws in a significant amount of income into the city yes i know but there's there are things that we could do to to help change this to fix this and ferora says it's either that or the damage is too far gone at this point and we basically should just rename the city to the styes as that's what everyone calls it anyways No, no, that's, that's ridiculous. This, you know what? If the Alchemist Guild is not being held up to any sort of code, let me at their paperwork, I will see to it that they, this is rectified. I'm incensed right now. I can see that. And as far as their paperwork, they are following every letter of the law. Are our laws very good? No. Which is allowing them to do what they keep doing. Well, then they should be changed. Surely we can bring this up if, if enough people are concerned about this. We can't allow things to continue as they are. And Ferora just shakes her head uh, and then says she's beginning to sound like you. And uh, Saril just sort of uh, gives himself a, a, a kind of wryer smile and he says... In order to pass a law like that, you would need to be a member of the city council, and the city council does not feel like there is anything wrong with what has been happening here in the city. There wouldn't happen to be any openings on city council, would there be? No. Believe Could me, I've, be... I've checked. There are not at this point. What how many 
part of your family, I think, has been working for one of the counselors. This is true. You have connections. So voice your concerns. Well, just to step in real quick here, um, my brothers are not probably not the best connections. They're a little um... They're good for sailing vessels. They're good for not sinking a ship. So when sailing is good, they don't exactly have the headway to change course. That's a kinder way than I would have put it. How are you going to be staying for dinner? Well, um... Do you plan on leaving on the next ship out again? No, I'm actually, um... Well, I suppose I should tell you what I've been up to all this time and perhaps things will um, make a little more sense. And Ferrara will motion for you to sit. And you all do have uh, decent room for seats. Uh, some of you get a stool. Uh, Albus, you and Ullman have to share a bench. Uh, and Jill, the seat that you are given is also just kind of a... a... Ferora pulls out a small stool for you to sit on, but uh, Saril will actually like motion for you to sit in his chair and then he'll take the stool instead. Well, um, since I left Moran, I've been um, doing a lot of contract work. Uh, I never particularly stayed with one crew or one ship for an extended period of time. Um, made my way up and down the Sword Coast quite a number of times. And, um, well, one of my last voyages took me to Salt Marsh, if you're familiar. Never heard of it. Up until well, the last letter that you sent. It's a blink and you'll miss it kind of port. Not too terribly much to offer. Sorry, Hish. But, um, <laughs> while I was there, I, um, started branching out into uh, other lines of work. Um, and didn't sail for a period of time, but um, did some, well, I suppose there's no better way to say this, but um, mercenary work? And your father gets kind of like a concerned quizzical look and your mother just keeps this same like both disinterested and disappointed expression on her face like the entire time that you've been talking. Uh, Omen quickly puts his hand on the table and says, it was more diplomatic work, really. Omen Dark, by the way. <laughs> And, uh, Ferora says, 
I'm sure it was diplomatic mercenary work. Isn't it always? Feyrora. And your dad, Jill, just goes, Sorrow! And then kind of like waves <laughs> towards you, Ullman. Oh, gods, I forgot to do introductions. Uh, mother, father, uh, this is Albus uh, Lacoy of Lethung. Uh, Ullman Dark and um, Ishsungard. They have been my steadfast companions for these past few months. It's a pleasure. I'm sure. Um, well, uh, I suppose our, my tenure with them was longer than I expected. We, um, La Croix, uh, excuse me, um, actually did, um, brief stint of work for Acquisitions Incorporated. Um, so I did more paperwork, um, jobs, and, um, well, um, the position wasn't the right fit for us. So, uh, well, I decided that, um, now was a good as time as any to, uh, come home. I know I haven't been terribly present since I first left, and for that I'm sorry. And Feyrora will stand up from where she's sitting and look at you with the scrutinous gaze that only a mother is able to muster, I need you to make a deception check against your mom. <laughs> of <gasps> You well, wouldn't. I guess I did lie a little bit. <laughs> only a little. There was a few white lies. What'd you get? <laughs> well, your mom got a 24. Jesus! So, subtract 20 from that. <laughs> and then you get me! <laughs> and Feyrora will stand and look towards you. And she says... They're never agreeable circumstances when you leave, are they? And now that you've come back, you're going to bring the whole storm with you. That's just how it is. Now, are you staying for dinner or are you not? Can I vibe check my mom? Yes. Can I detect her thoughts? Yes. Her vibes are say. atrocious! <laughs> These vibes it's... are off! Wait! I guess first, is this regular behavior for my mom? This is regular behavior. This is a regular behavior from your mom. Irregular. 
that at least okay. you're it familiar with, but the last time that you interacted your mom was before you ran off onto a ship and sailed away. 28. So the 28, you know that your mom is holding a grudge right now. SMH. And Albus, the... I'm, I'm not actually. Okay, sounds good. So uh, <clears throat> with the 28, Jill, you know that you haven't talked to your mom since you ran away from home. And when you did end up telling them that you ran away from home, it was because Umberly was involved. She doesn't know that you've switched deities. She's not sure about the things that are going on with it, but she knows that people who bring Umberly into the port don't usually bring sunny skies. The, the way I picture things is that Jill kind of just left after everything and didn't say anything. Yeah. So unless she like figured it out, but sailors talk, and your brothers mm. still sail. And she yes. is a mom. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she also like, you lived with her before. You literally just said, "Yeah, I got fired from my last job." So I decided to come home for a while with my bros. I said the last position didn't uh, wasn't a good fit. That's not necessarily got fired. I could have quit. <laughs> Your mom's uh, not buying it. Yeah. Yeah, she got that twenty-four insight check. Hish, you get all of this. Not like all of it, all of it, because you don't know the underlying context, but you know that. Jill's mom is upset with her and that she is keeping her calm because she's amidst company. And so rather than explode, she's seeing if she can remove herself from the current situation to then go shopping for however many people are showing up to dinner. I'm very familiar with this situation. Uh... I think Ullman looks up and says, I would love to have dinner, but I don't want to impose. We have our own ship that we can stay on. But if you would have us, I would love to join you for shopping. I have some very nice ingredients on our ship that you might enjoy perusing through. And Ferora will look at Ullman. And then look towards Saril. And Saril, in the only way that he can, just, like, shoots a quick I'm sorry glance towards you, Jill. Uh, and then back towards uh, Feyrora. And uh, he says, Whatever's on the menu is fine with me and uh proceeds to uh like reach out and actually pat at your leg uh jill and just i didn't know you had a ship is it actually yours or is it is it his is it his is it his is it all of yours like what's the deal with the ship i mean come on that's <laughs> that's something and he's like trying to like detract the mood away 
the <clears throat> uh, the sh the ship is mine. Uh, I'm Captain Hish Sunkard. Uh, Jill has been um, <clears throat> working with me first as a um, cleric, and now more just as a crew and a friend. And Sorrow will, uh, he'll nod, not necessarily excitedly, uh, but more of a just like, oh, <coughs> shit, nice. Like, big thumbs up in Jill's direction. Uh, and Feyrora then asks, uh, again, towards you, Jill, well, I guess that depends. Are we to expect you at dinner? Because I don't want to get into your food supplies when you're not going to be here to have any. I certainly don't want to impose myself and my friends upon you if it's going to be a great inconvenience. Perhaps we could... <clears throat> Perhaps we could have you to the ship for dinner. It's actually quite nice, and um, I certainly wouldn't mind. And Feyrora looks like she's about to say something, and then Sorrel will actually stand up and, like, grab a hold of Feyrora's side to, like, kind of pin the arm down that she was about to raise up and just, we would absolutely love to. Let's see the space that our daughter's been sailing on. And Feyrora kind of gives a tight-lipped humph. All right. And your sons will be invited as well. Of course. And I'm sure they will be delighted to know that you're back, Jill. Right. Um, very well. What time is it? <laughs> uh, it is midday at this point. Little after midday, so you know that you still have several hours left before nightfall when you would typically have a dinner sort of meal. Uh, but you can give them, uh, you would basically have like four hours between now and when food time would be go. I can um, <clears throat> stop back by uh, around dinner time and, well, show you guys the way. Um, But um, I guess until then, we um, have some other business we need to attend to in town. And Saril will come up and he'll give you another hug. Uh, and uh, he says, be careful out there. You as well. And you're blessings continue to follow you wherever you go and he nods and he says that he hopes so and uh Feyrora, her parting words of advice are to not go swimming in the channels i uh, wasn't planning on it but thank you all the same and at that, she will go over to the front door and then open it for your group. 
and she stands there expecting expectantly that your group will then leave her house yeah jill jill leaves i think hish hangs back um when everyone leaves and sort of stands in the doorway probably crouched a little bit hunched over um and he sort of just stands halfway in and out and says um listen I'm, i'm sorry if we all um sort of overwhelmed you it wasn't our intention i think jill was just very excited to get home she's been you know i'm not sure this is my place but i would regret it if i didn't say that she's been working very very hard to make sure that you're all safe and it's been it's been weighing on her a lot that she couldn't come home sooner Captain Sunguard you were right this isn't your place this is my home this is my family the way we do things in our family might be a little bit different than you are accustomed to I assure you however Jill and I have been on speaking terms, or at least writing terms. I am not upset with her about the pathways and avenues with which she travels towards her future. What I am upset about is that she would leave and that she wouldn't say goodbye. Do you know what that does to a mother a family of sailors if you don't say goodbye before you set sail she didn't even take one of our family patterns with her had she died no one would have known we would never have known what happened to Jill Fayan Am I glad she's home? Yes. And I'm sorry that I cannot truly convey that with the amount of contempt that I feel at strangers coming into my home. However, understand this. When we are aboard your ship, we will be perfect company. We will be guests in your house, and you will not find us saying anything that oversteps our boundaries. I will see you at dinner, Captain Sunguard. And at that, the door begins to close. He holds it. Can I help you? Mrs. Lyrandar. 
Ferora. Ferora. I get that you do things differently, but as a father, I cannot possibly understand watching your child come home, having them near you again, and not and letting that contempt spoil it for you. Feora, your daughter against all odds has been dead since the day she left without telling us do you have anything else you would like to say or would you like to continue blocking my doorway i'm very sorry that you feel that way he steps back. And the door shuts. And you turn Hish and look out and you see your friends walking along the canals. And as we pan over to see the expression not only on Hish's face, but also on Jill's face as well, that is where we are going to go into our break for the evening. So I would like to say thank you to everybody who decided to stop by and join us for this wonderful trip back home. Aren't families the best? We are going to try and be back in five to ten minutes. So don't go no place unless it is to grab a food, grab a drink, grab a friend, or possibly go to indooradventure.redbubble.com. Pick yourself up something nice, and we will see you guys shortly. All right, everybody. See you soon. And we're back. Hello, everybody. We have returned. We are in Ghost of Saltmarsh, The Styes, Part 1. We have just left after a rather uh, unwelcome home party that uh, was given to Jill by her mother and father. Uh, and you guys are in the process of walking away from said home after Hish you tried to you tried to give your two cents and was told that they don't accept spare change here uh and so your group is heading back presumably to the ship what is everyone's plan are we headed back to the ship um jill's just kind of like walked out of there pretty quickly with no particular direction um Ullman is muttering about what he's going to cook, uh, but definitely decides that there has to be a cheesecake. <laughs> if we have a few hours to kill, perhaps we may need to, uh, perhaps it would be prudent to ask around about, uh, what's going on in town, maybe talk to the constable. <clears throat> or scope out the um, alchemist's guild. I welcome you all to do that, but cooking takes time, and if I'm going to be cooking for eight to nine people, I should probably get started soon. <laughs> 
Andor, you said it was midday, right? It's around two o'clock. Okay. Very well. We'll go back to the ship. Perhaps we can glean some more insight from your parents when we have them over. Plus, your brothers will be there, and they work for one of the uh, counselors, right? You're muted. Hello? Hello. Hello. Uh, that's weird. I wasn't muted. Um, it would appear so, this newcomer. Yes. Although I can't tell you how much information they'll retain. Normally things go in one ear and out the other for them unless it's related to uh, fishing and sailing. I may be able to help jog their memory. Alice, don't try any weird shit with my family. Very well. I'm, um, if you all are heading back to the ship, I'll reconvene with you later. I, um, I think I'm going to go for a walk. Alone? I'm more than capable of looking after myself. There is a murderer on the loose. Well, if anything, murder should probably be scared of me. Careful, though. Murderers are loose in a city that I'm fairly sure an Avalith with connections to your god, who apparently doesn't like him very much anymore, has taken residence. I don't doubt your abilities, but now is not the time to take unnecessary risks. It's not an unnecessary risk. I appreciate your concern, then what? but I will be fine. It is during the daytime, and a walk shouldn't hurt. Besides, I don't think I can keep myself cooped up on the ship either, so... Perhaps, Jill, you take your walk, Omen, you start preparations on the ship, and Albus, you and I can uh, bother the constable for a minute. Meet back up in an hour? If you can find yourself some eye protection as well. It's actually not a bad idea. I think Jill's just gonna nod and kind of walk off. Yeah, I think um, Hish claps Albus on the shoulder and sort of gives it a squeeze and says, all right, come on. 
he is stiff. Like he wants to resist, but goes along with you. Is this the first time that we've had Albus and Hish as buddy cops? <laughs> Are there any red-eyed and bushy-tailed <laughs> uh, visible rodent-type creatures and or animals in general? I would say yeah. You don't even have to make a roll for it. There are definitely these kinds of creatures here in the styes. Um, I think as Omen walks off a little bit from the group, uh, like Ham kind of takes him over by a wall and kneels down, uh, and like looks at one of the rats and says, "Hey, hey, I have a, I have a job for you." He what the with fuck animals, is happening? So. Okay, uh, cool. <laughs> you speak with animals. Uh, yeah, this little rodent will kind of like stop. They were like mawing on this piece of produce that has clearly been left out in the rancid air for a bit, little bit too long. And they just... <coughs> and like look up towards you. They definitely have like a little bit of a lung thing going on as this small creature. But like... They kind of look up at you with this wild eye, like, eh. And they, like, point to them. Yeah. Eh. And, like, they go to offer you some of their fetid produce. No, 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 no. I, uh, I have a job for you. And if you complete it, I'll give you something tasty. Better than that. Way better. And their eyebrow raises. They, like, shoulder leans down a little bit in the I'm listening kind of stance. And uh, Ham, like, points over at Jill, who I hope is still visible. Says, I, I just want you to keep an eye on her. And uh, if anything bad happens I want you to come to the boat and I'll have to show you where it is so so you'll mm. are you familiar with this area the rat does a series uh, of nods and continues to like they're almost done with their odd piece of produce yeah ham describes the the boat a little bit and then, like, pulls out a small chunk of uh, some, like, dried jerky and gives it to him. They take the smallest possible strip that they can, bring it underneath their nose right quick. Like, do a single little rat chomp. Like somebody testing a gold piece. And then you see them nod. And they, like... They minute they scritch themselves on the chest where their fur is, and you see them tuck the jerky in, <laughs> and the jerky disappears. They've definitely pocketed it somewhere. Okay, and and when when she gets back, I'll I'll give you a big tasty treat. They're sold. 
at this point. They are so on board. You have given them jerky. Prime jerky. And they give you a tiny little, like, mouse salute or a little rat salute. And then they begin to bound after Jill. And at this point, you see, like, there are some people who are walking along the street who don't even pay any attention to this rat. So, like, they kind of get, like, kicked a little to one side and then keep going. Like, nobody's paying it. Like, nobody's watching their feet as they go. It is a rat in a populated city that is prone to having rats. But they are making their way, following after Jill, as Ullman, you continue on your way back to the ship. So, Hish and Albus. The two of you are going to be going to the garrison to speak with the constable. Yes. Okay. So it does not take uh, very much effort to actually find where the constable's office is. Uh, and so you make it there in pretty decent time. And when you knock on the door... Uh, you hear a kind of gruffer feminine voice saying, Come in! Yep. And upon opening up the door, you can see that on behind a large desk sits a female half-orc. They have long black hair. Uh, they actually have an eye patch over their left eye. They have very large, beefy muscles that they aren't necessarily afraid to show. Uh, but you see that they actually have a hat uh, that they have kind of resting over their face as they have both of their feet set up on the table. Uh, it looks like they were trying to take a sort of intermediary nap, but now you have come along and entered into their office and you see them take the hat down and set it onto another chair and just can i help you uh yes uh i'm professor albus lacroix of lepfong this is captain hirsch sangard of the oliver's triumph uh we've just moved into town uh we've just gotten into town today uh We've heard some disturbing uh, news, and we're wondering exactly what the guard is doing about it. And she goes from having a slight, like, interested demeanor to then as you begin talking about having just moved into town, you see... Detect thoughts. You, uh... You see her and hear the sound of a drawer being opened and a wooden mug gets placed on the table, reaches in again, and you see them pull out a bottle of spirits and uncorking just thump. Pops, sets back down, and that is when the detect thoughts hit. And the detect thoughts uh, that you receive back is rather unkind towards you uh and hish and it says calls himself a prof calls himself a professor if he can't even doesn't even understand that there's been murders in this town for the last six months 
probably just another one of those people coming in on one of the new ships. Look, we're doing all that we can here. All right, we, we got the guy. Murders have stopped. There's nothing for you to worry about, Professor. And what are you, like, adjunct Professor, his lover, bodyguard? None. None of, none of those. Um, the murders have stopped, have they? Yes. Yes, they have. Thank you for asking. Do you want to think about that harder? <laughs> and, uh, Albus you get a no we covered it up like like a quick like no we covered our tracks there's no way and they say thinking about it as hard as i possibly can sorry about all that but yeah we got the guy and then hmm. goes to drink out of their large mug oh, well i guess that very concerned citizen was just spreading more rumors Gosh. Which citizen? Who is the rumor? Who's the rumor oh, I, on this? Oh, I didn't stop to ask his name. Being an older guy, lighter skin, brown hair, glasses. I thought this guy was blonde. Listen. Yes, I understand the styes have not been in excellent shape. Moran has done better. All things considered. But we here, out of the garrison, believe that we are doing a fine job. So, it's no worries, random citizen. We've got your back. And Aldous, how long does Detect Thoughts last? A minute. Okay, the last thing that you get Detect Thoughts-wise from this individual is... Why can't they just leave? <laughs> but in a more dismissive way like she doesn't necessarily want questions not that she doesn't have anything to hide I mean just because you think you're doing a fine job doesn't make it true I have a question what's your name um Hish Sungard I believe my associate just told you that excellent can I see your badge <clears throat> don't have one but um sounds like remember... you're not on the guard barracks here no but it's amazing that you are seeing as how you're on an investigation and yet you can't remember someone's name who dorian pembrose the murderer who we caught no mine i was <sighs> the murderer who you caught And also murdered with no sufficient proof that they did it. 
And you just came into town? I know, it's incredible. We have magical means of finding out the truth of matters. And you did. And yet you killed him anyway. Where are you from, Mr. Sunguard? Does it matter? It, it's it's captain. It is. I see. You're a captain type. Then let me put this clear for you. Captain, when we find a man in the act of murdering somebody, we put them into the asylum. Then we question them with magical fail-safes. It doesn't matter to me if there is a possibility that they could be lying out of this. We have enough set in place. We found out the truth. They don't necessarily remember the murders, but when you catch somebody in the act and then you dig a little deeper using, again, magic, and you find out that they've been killing people, you kind of have the right murderer, Captain Sunguard. I think, um, is there like a chair or a stool or something? There is definitely a chair on the other side of this desk. That's fine. He moves it aside and sits right on the desk and says, Did you not think that if this person under zone of truth claims to not have killed them or to not remember that there might be other magical means going on Aldous you look like you wanted to say something no I'm gonna let Hish handle this okay this is this is bad cop Avalith cop and I'm here for it <laughs> And the captain, uh, this constable jute, leans in. Yes. Yes, I have thought that maybe there was some magical thing happening on. Because I'm going to tell you right now, whatever it is, that Dorian was painting on the inside of his cell walls at the asylum looked kind of weird. Not gonna lie. Weird how? Have you ever seen the ramblings of a, of a madman? Yes. This is different than that. There was purpose. There was intent with this pictures they all it looked like fish or something i don't know all i know is do i believe that we caught the right guy do you think that i think that we caught the right guy i think that you think that you caught one of the right guys but but definitely not the ringleader and definitely not the only person doing the murders Unfortunately, your cover-up was not good. Look. You didn't hear this from me. 
Corshawn. You're new in town. What reason would you have to talk to the constable? Is there something going on that we're not getting told about? Yes. Do I have any power to do anything about it? No. When I get told to stop an investigation, do I go out there and live in the rest of the styes? No. I stay in you... my lane and I keep going where I need to go. So you were told to stop an investigation? I was told but... the investigation was closed. And then a few nights ago happened. So what did we do? Got rid of the problem. And whose choice was that? Not really sure. But you would like this problem to be solved. Would I like murders to stop happening in my fucking town? Yeah, you bet your ass I would. Okay. Would I like to be the one stopping all of the murders in the town? You bet I would. Moran was a nice town. It was a nice place. It wasn't always like this. When I came in, it sure as shit wasn't like this. And now, now that it's gone to shit, everyone keeps looking at the constable, saying, why aren't you doing your part? Why can't you improve the city? Don't think I haven't fucking tried. Well, constable, uh, we would like nothing more than to help you solve this problem. Yeah. Just being concerned citizens and former contractors of Acquisitions Incorporated. Hish shoots Albus a pointed look. If your member's vac ink, I'm gonna let you know we don't have any fucking money for you people. Probo, no. That's even worse. I've heard rumors about what you did to the Northlands. We're not vac <laughs> ink. Formal. Contractors. Yeah, we, well, also fuck did not, we also did not agree with their methods. Look. I'll help you out as much as I can. But mostly my hands are going to be tied on this. Of course. But if I were you... Consider checking out where Dorian was being held. Might give you... I don't know. At least it's a start. Uh, is access to this place restricted? I mean, you have to go with somebody who works there, but there are people who work in the asylum all day. And all night. Perhaps perhaps if we had something with us that um, helped us proceed forward in a more official capacity, it might help. A paper trail. 
We understand your hands are tied. At least one of you does. Yeah, I fucking don't, dear. But, like I said, we would be happy to make this problem go away for you. Just as concerned citizens. And we appreciate you pointing us in the right direction. There's no problem, Captain. Professor. Here should or Captain, is there anything else you would like to ask? Nope. Constable? I'd say it's been a pleasure, but he turns and walks away. As you go to say, it's been a, I would say it's been a pleasure. They just like give you the same tired grimace of just like, "Eh." and then you see them drinking heavily out of their mug. Have a decent afternoon, Constable. We'll find out the truth of all this. I'm sure you will. I did call them out for a cover-up, so... Yep. They didn't deny it. Yep. So I'll leave. All right, so, Jill, what are you doing? Jill is making her way to a point where, up until this point in time, uh, has only been seen in her dreams as an idealized version of what it was, but she is heading to the real place now uh, to sit and take some time. Okay. So as you sit upon this grassy knell, you look down and you watch the people of Saltmarsh move. And much as they did when you were younger, they mill about, seeming to mind their own business, looking out into the sea. Uh, You can see that there are ships off in the distance that seem to move without any real purpose. They are, well, with a purpose that only they would know. Um, The lighthouse that you remember being to your uh, left-hand side within the city you can see is actually begin to list to one side. It seems like even that, even this uh, helpful bearing that would lead others from the coast inward is in collapse and does not seem to really be doing much of its job anymore. And the smoke that billows out of the alchemists' quarters out of their guild hall just seems to ruin both the skyline and fill the city with a noticeable smog. And you recall why it was difficult to breathe down there. And you know why, and it's because of the alchemists. And when you were younger, it wasn't as bad as it is now, but thinking about it, That definitely was, like, the taste of the air of Moran was not as, uh, was not as, uh, 
crystal clear as you once remember it. Yeah, I think she's going to like sit in the grass and take all this in and her fists are probably like bawling in the grass and there's probably like some tears like pinpricking her eyes. Um, and I think with a huff, she's just kind of kind of like curl up into herself um, for a minute. Uh, and then after a while, um, take out her journal. Okay. <laughs> uh, and she will write, you've provided a great boon for my family, despite, well, the state of everything else around them. I did what I said I would. You expressed that you cared about your family. So I cared for them. I appreciate it. I... Well, checked in. Now I know. Part of me's thinking I shouldn't have come back at all. Why is that? <sighs> For the same reason I left in the first place, I don't think my family can accept me as I am now. The Chofan they knew died when she was tossed overboard. I, I'm not even sure if I'm, well, no, for a fact, I'm not the same person I was before. I'm not certain if that's a person they could, that they could love. To love and to protect are two very different things, Jilfayan. I... I thought I... I love my family, and I, I want to protect them both, but I... I don't know if I can do it safely from this distance. Jill, when you said that you aren't the same person that you were when you fell off the boat, This is true. Your experiences make you different. They give you scope. They give you perspective. 
are you the same person that you were before we found each other? I don't believe so. But that doesn't bother me. I enjoy the person that you are now. The person that you've become, not the person you were. It's all well and good, but if, if I don't have my family, I... certainly don't have much left all this time everything I've done tried to keep them safe I've tried to to know that everything I'm doing is all the same things that are pushing them away it's more than I can take Then let me, then let me bear your burden. It's not yours to bear. Oh, but Jill. I am not much different than you. I too started off with a innate love for my family and a desire and a want to protect them as best I could. And I found myself drowning. And there was someone who reached out. Someone who came along and has been doing their best to remove me from the whirlpool of despair that I have found myself at the center of. That person is you. Jill, you seek to help your family and to make them believe that what you are doing, you do for them. But it is hard for you to get them to see this, is it not? It's bad enough that my mother thinks I am a cleric of Umberly. I don't even know if she would let me into the house if she knew that that no longer the case. Jill, if you could change one thing about how you left, what would you change? <laughs> I... I guess I would have at least said goodbye. 
module. I can do this. I just need a little bit more strength. And I don't mean to be that deity. But you know what I would ask. I appreciate what you're trying to do, but I don't need to change the past. I just have to live with it. It's become a part of me now. It's crystallized within me. And maybe things won't be exactly the same as they were before, but... If you can continue to keep my family safe, even if they don't hold the same love for me in their heart, then... That's all I need. Of course. You have my word. Yeah, and I think she's going to close the journal and and stand up. And is going to cast, let me see if I prepared it for today, if I didn't. Okay, yeah, is going to cast Sending. Okay, before you cast Sending. Oh! As you stand up and are in the process of closing your ledger, you overhear a group of people walking by that are talking about the Lamplight Murderer. And the name that they end up dropping uh, as to who the murderer was, was Dorian Pembrose. I need you to make a history check. History check, history check. Um... Let me get to the actual tab before I start singing. Uh, 17. You've heard this name before. This is a name that you are actually very well acquainted with. But this is a name that you have not heard in the world of the waking. Back when you died during your battle with the Sahuagin at the fortress to determine the fate of Saltmarsh, Tharazdin had shown you a reality. A reality separate from Umberley. And in that reality, there was a man. A man that you became very good friends with who owned a printing press, and together the two of you ended up creating a sort of ledger-like empire throughout the coasts of Om. That man's name was Dorian Pembrose. Hish. 
what did you what did you find location we need to talk you got 25 <laughs> Useless cop, something fishy in Dorian's cell. Hey. <laughs> Albus, were we on our way to... Okay. <clears throat> yes. On our way to the asylum. If if we still have time. Yeah, has it been an hour? No, it's bare. Like it's been just an hour, but again, you guys have about four hours left until the actual dinner meeting. Olman just had to go and you know start cooking. Cheesecakes take a while. Um. Okay. Yeah. On our way to the asylum. I oh, fuck. I forgot where I was. Uh, I think here. Uh, do you want to meet up with us? She's not going to say anything. She doesn't want to cast the spell again. She's going to walk that way. <laughs> she doesn't understand you have to cast it multiple times. I don't have unlimited minutes. <laughs> I have a cheapy phone plan. plan. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta wait till after nine o'clock for that. <laughs> oh, is your god not strong enough to give you a limited sentence? <laughs> Boy, <laughs> if you don't. <laughs> okay, so you guys end up meeting up in front of the walkway leading up to the Hope Nair Asylum. And looking at it, uh, as it is uh, spelt out, you can see that there is a fading sign that is uh, hanging over the ironworked uh, archway that leads into it. And you, one of the doors as it would be, is slightly off of its hinge, and it seems to be kind of swinging idly uh, outward and inward with a very satisfying... And the hanging sign above, you see, says, Welcome home. And looking up, you can see that it is a... It is a two-story building that looks like it extends out maybe 30, 40 rooms. Uh, and as you make your way up towards it, you can see that there are trees that have kind of been planted alongside, which at one point would have been uh, possibly, you know, very kind and welcoming and almost a, a warmth-like feel. But it seems like the desiccated environmental safety standards that have been around have also begun to warp the trees making them seem like the branches are almost uh fingers uh finger like in appearance that just sort of seem to be outstretching looking for something to grab a hold of 
or would you guys like to have any aside before walking into the asylum? Uh, Jill's going to come up. She has been speed walking like a mad woman and is out of breath. And it's going to be like, Dorian. Dorian Kimbrose was the man they thought was the gaslight uh, killer. Lamplight Lamp killer. Life. What? Uh, I know him. I, I don't know if that's entirely right. Old I, friend? Yes, but also not exactly. Okay. I... Well... The memories I have of him are very vivid, but uh, not necessarily real. I think I know him, though. I... We need to see a cell. Hish kind of looks between Jill and Albus, and then back to Jill. He's very confused. What do you mean your memories aren't real? When I died the second time, I lived out my entire life as what it would have been like if Umberly had never interfered. And I was very good friends with Dorian. We started a business together. We were best of friends. And I know I wasn't dead for that long, but I lived an entire lifetime, and I'm trying to um, <laughs> reconcile that. So, I, I, I don't know how much different things are between what I experienced and what is the truth, but... If it could be helpful at all, maybe we should take a look in a cell. For what it's worth, I'm sorry for your loss. <laughs> um, thank you. I don't know how to feel about all of this. Um, Let's head inside. Yeah. Um, yeah, we go inside. Okay. And when you end up going inside, you are met by one of the asylum workers. Uh, her name is Emile Trantor. 
Uh, and when you arrive, uh, she seems very busied. Her hair is kind of pulled back into a ponytail to just get it out of her face. But you can see that there are uh, wavy hairs that aren't necessarily like the long waves, but are much more of like the quick frizzy waves coming down that are just in a couple loose hairs. And she just says, uh, yes, um, hello, are you here to admit anyone are you here looking for a job we have many job openings if you are inter we could really use the help um actually uh we came here to inquire about um uh about dorian and um his quarters and Uh, well, um, they're, they're this way, uh, if you wouldn't mind following me. And she begins to lead you into the asylum, and when uh, she reaches a certain door, she says, We're doing the best that we can, so be warned. Beyond these doors are all of who have been determined the either criminally insane or unfit for society without hope of rehabilitation. There are five of us on staff, so we do our best. But again, I apologize in advance for what you may see or what you may hear. And she takes out a set of keys and it is multiple locks and she opens this door and pulls it uh, or actually pushes it inward. And with this heavy iron groan, it moves inward and she makes a motion for all of you to follow. I have to lock up the door when we leave. I hope you all are understanding in case there was a situation where any of our uh, inmates ended up escaping we don't want them to be able to then get back out and she will lock the door and as you all begin making your way with her leading you you can tell she is tired just being here and as she gets into this area, you begin to hear wailing coming from unmarked cell rooms. Each one is a solid metal door that just has a metallic sliding visor around eye level for a meal. And all of them are... Oh, most of them are closed, even the ones that are open looking in. You can see that there are figures with just hands over their heads huddled off in the corners. They seem to be rocking others. You can see are just slamming the front of their heads against walls, leaving a almost bloody trail where they were. Others are just freely urinating on the inside of these side walls, and you can just hear this omnipresent emanating suffering 
coming from this lower level. I need everybody to make a wisdom save. Well. <laughs> is this against being charmed or frightened? It is not. 20. So everyone but Albus is able to (laughs) properly weather against this. Albus, you take a level of exhaustion just being in the presence of all of these individuals whose communal psychosis you can't help but just feel like you are being drawn on. They are trying to get someone to listen, someone to feel what they are feeling, and your innate abilities make it very difficult for you to not feel this sickening empathy until eventually Emil comes to a room and she takes out a set of keys and says... This was the room where he was being kept in. If there... We have done our best to clean, uh, in case there ends up needing to be someone else that needs to stay here uh, in the meantime, but we aren't really sure what they did, but the markings aren't coming off. And when they open the doors, you can see that there are these markings that look almost like they are burned, but burned into the stone itself. There is something that is not right about this image that is portrayed on the side of the wall. And it looks like there is a combination of blood, some other questionable substance, as well as deep gouges that have led to the creation of this thing. I'd like for everybody to make a intelligence check. Oh. 17. Bomb, 21. <laughs> nice. 12. Okay. Uh, so, Albus, there are things that you immediately recognize about this, even with your 12. And you see what looks like a skyline that you guess is the town of Moran. You're able to, like, pick out some of these buildings. But the thing that really draws you in is that there is a image on the sidewall of what looks to be a multi-tailed fish. And this fish is very long, and it seems to have markings that would indicate three eye slits, eye markings, along the front end of it. And you see that it looks like it has some sort, or that in 
the way only a extra dimensional catfish can hold onto what looks like a chain and that chain is connected to a- another thing and that thing resides above salt marsh or not above salt marsh above moran and you can see that there are these manacles that are connected at the edge of what look to be elongated tendrils. And these manacles are connected to the chain that the Abolith holds. Hish, you and Jill are able to determine this is Moran. I have seen I have seen Albus's weird fish person body before, at least on like an outer shell. That looks like an abolith. And the two of you as sailors and people of the sea recognize this other creature, this form that has these tentacles coming off of it. This thing resembles that of a kraken of some octopod-like creature and you can see tendrils have wrapped around sides of buildings others have wrapped around the forms of smaller men and it seems like this kraken is currently trying to hold on to things while being chained by the abolith and that is the estranged markings that have been drawn onto the side of dorium's asylum chamber And Emil says, I, it was, it was very strange. He, while he was here, he kept insisting that even though everything pointed to him being the murderer, including, well, physical evidence, there was something about his confession. I hear a lot. Down here. I hear a lot of people telling me they didn't do it. That it wasn't them, that it was something else. Dorian was the only man I ever believed. Did he ever mention anything or anyone by name? Or what it could have been? He didn't know. He said that on nights where he did the things that he did, he saw visions, he saw things. Things like what he drew on the wall, I would assume. I believe so. In all my years, I've never seen anything like this, though. I mean, if some obsession with creatures that lay underwater, but fish with multiple tails, this octopus-looking thing. 
I don't see how that could be any more than just the mutterings of a madman, but if you saw it in his eyes, he truly believed his own innocence. I'm sure. Would you mind giving us a moment? Yes, of course. She will back out of the room and leave you all to at least be in the room by yourselves. Yeah, he turns to Jill and Alpes. Correct me if I'm wrong. But that's an abolith. That is it is it possible there is something else here other than an abolith? Because that's a kraken. Well it's a same impression I got. <sighs> Where the hell would the Kraken hide? In this um, drawing, you said there were chains on the Kraken? Yes. Um, how many loose chains are there? Are there any loose chains? There Just... are not. No, no loose chains. Okay, good. <clears throat> um, how many chains? There seem to be four in total that all connect to a central point that is then being held by the totally not a catfish. Um, does it look like the... Is it more the sense that the Aboleth and the Kraken are bound together, like linked together, or is it the Aboleth is... Uh, has chained the kraken is it holding on to it like controlling it it does look like the abolith is more holding on to the kraken than it does like they are in a mutual bond there are only manacle ends on one end of this large chain and they are upon the kraken is the abolith the only thing holding this back Sort of looks that way. This is... This is Moran. I don't know if you can see it, but this... I can't see it specifically, but I sort of... figured. These killings definitely do have to do with Skothka. We need to find him. We definitely need to find him. And get some sort of explanation for this. Because if this has any accuracy, Moran has bigger problems than Skothka. Bigger problems than the alchemists problems than murders. No, 
I think Scarface still is behind all of this. He's just more insane than I thought he was. How do you mean? He's trying to control the Kraken. Or exchange one. Imprisoned one. That's the sense you are getting, right? I don't know what I'm getting. <laughs> then is Skothka Is that what they're trying to bring? Uh, they kind of keep it out or control it? That's what I don't understand. Is it standing between Moran and the Kraken or is it controlling it? Um... Indoor, I wouldn't get the sense that uh, whenever Dorian was making these drawings, there was any, I don't know, like psychic residue, like maybe he was encoding thoughts or anything like that. You do not get the sense that Dorian was encoding thoughts on this. He was not a magic man by nature. At the very least, I think we can say that, well, if Skothka's abilities are similar to your own Albus, that perhaps he had some sort of mental influence over Dorian. Which means he is behind the killings. Or if not him, why would he be drawing his likeness on the wall? Why would he be killing in the first place? I don't know. I don't know. Do... Is there any sort of way we can... Well... Actually... Now that I think about it... What? I don't know how well this would work because I don't... know... Skothka, but... I, there's a spell I can do that allows me to kind of see where the other person is. I mean, through their own vision, of course. If that was successful, perhaps maybe we can get some sort of lead on where Skothka is. But it's tricky considering I don't 
really know Scott or have anything of his. would be a pot shot at best. Dorian's personal effects. Do you think that would work? Um, well, I, I suppose it would work if I was trying to find Dorian, which it wouldn't work anyway, because he's deceased, but... matters how well I know the person, if I know what they look like, if I have any of their possessions, if I have a, like a bit of their hair or something, that works really well, but Don't you <sighs> know someone who knows what they look like? Knows what Scothka looks like? Looks at Albus. Do I know what Scothka looks like? You're fairly positive you remember what Scothka looks like. <laughs> Do I have a way to show that? Draw a pretty picture. Doesn't Tharisden know Skothka too? He does. He does. He does. I have minor illusion. Okay. Are you performing your minor illusion? Yeah. So, okay. uh, just out of the wall, uh, where his image was, I'm gonna make, uh, Just a, a bad little 3D render of him. Okay. And as Albus pulls out this small 3D rendering of what Skothka looked like, or at least the last that Albus remembers Skothka looking like, that is where we are going to call it for tonight's session. Oh, so I would like to say damn. thank you to everybody who decided to stick with us through this wonderful journey, through the opening, opening slews of the sty. Uh, I absolutely love this game and I greatly enjoy all of its players. Speaking of which, hey Dingo, where can we find you? What do you do? You can find me on Twitter at Where's My Dingus. Uh, Tuesdays, you can find me on twitch.tv slash off underscore the table uh, where I play uh, Alas for the Awful Sea. And Thursdays, obviously, you can find me here. Every other Friday, you can find me back on Off the Table. Uh, playing Tales from Thersha, which is a D&D homebrew campaign. Um, the other Fridays, it hasn't been announced where, um, but friend of the channel, Matthias, um, is running a Songs in the, songs for the Dusk campaign uh, that I will be a part of. Um, that'll be retweeted on my Twitter as well. You can see it there. Hey, everybody. It's your boy. Uh, Reeves bot. You can find me on Twitter or Twitch at Reeves underscore bot. Uh, on Twitter, I mostly shit post. I was told by a friend the other day, workshopping a joke with them, that it was too horny for my Twitter. And I realized that I'm running my Twitter wrong, apparently, because 
That shouldn't be true. <laughs> Don't you dare Always? look at me, Kylan. <laughs> you can find me on set. I'm looking at everyone! <laughs> <laughs> it's all of us. That's the truth. <laughs> Always, you can find me on Sundays, uh, streaming some Terraria with my bros. Uh, we just got into hard mode. I finally finished the house, so I don't have to work on that anymore. That's exciting. Uh, but yeah, I'll see you there. Hi, I'm Cyber. You can find me on Cyberwall Twelve One on Twitter, where I ship posts as well and post pictures of my dog and talk about whenever I go live on Twitch.tv slash Cyberwall Twelve One and other places on the internet. On my channel, I play video games real badly and talk about lore. Right now, we're going through Castlevania: Lords of Shadows Two. We're we're a we're a injury vampire, and we're killing people. It's a good time. Um, all the archives of that go to YouTube, youtubecom Uh where you can also find the podcast that Kyle with an N and I do called "Let's Talk About It," where we get drunk, do parkour, and talk about RPG stuff. Eventually, I'm going to get another episode up. Maybe you don't know. You do. Uh, it's going to get up whenever i have time um there's some more stuff there you should check it out see what you like let me know what you like and i'll make more of that um for rpg stuff i'm on dm skilled i've got a patreon i'm here on mondays i'm here on thursdays where you're watching right now um i'm not here i'm on pro restarter channel on saturday in a taldori game and uh yeah that that that's me, DanaeKinner.com. They're cool. Check them out. Howdy, folks. I'm Kylan, otherwise known as Kylan on Twitter and Twitch. Twitch, I play Vig games. Right now I'm playing the new Pokemon Mystery Dungeon. That was a real good time. Uh, on my Twitter, you can see what other projects I'm a part of, some of which you've already heard about. Last for the Alpha Sea, Storms and Stars this Thursday, apparently. Um, Taldore, Black Banner Saga. I keep saying Black Banner Saga. Banner Saga is a video game, not the campaign. <laughs> Let's talk about it, the podcast. Uh, a couple of things that you might not have heard of, but you should. Uh, Masks, Planned Obsolescence, Season 3 on twitch.tv slash playbooks and pals every other Wednesday. So... Did we have one this Wednesday? No, so we're having one next Wednesday. <laughs> and then podcast, Cape Lorelei, Urban Shadows, actual play podcast done by Off the Table. Um, it's really good. Our episode nine, I guess, should be coming out next week. So listen to that. Listen to ECO Beach too, because there's gonna be crossover soon. And if you don't, if you don't know, you're gonna be really confused. So just listen to all of it okay that's it Bye bye and if you've made it this far you probably already know who i am but if you don't 
Hey buddy, what's up? It's me, your pal, your friend, the indoor adventurer, the showrunner here at twitch.tv slash indoor adventures. We do shows like this Monday, Tuesday, and Thursday at 5.30 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Oh, like we've said earlier, Mondays is our homebrew games. Tuesdays, next week, I believe we are playing Root, the tabletop RPG, which is a tabletop RPG of Woodland Might and Right. So if you are a fan of the Redwall series, that is very much what Root is. Um, and then on Thursdays, until the foreseeable future, you can find us continue playing Ghosts of Saltmarsh as we are pounding out on the last chapter. Uh, other than that, we are going to be going into our Patreon-supported after show called Nights in the Courtyard, where we answer questions not only from the community, but also from each other. So if you have any questions that you would like to ask myself or any of these fantastic players, consider checking that out, and we shall respond with answers or more questions who really is to know uh the correct answer to that of course is you but we are going to be heading into that now so i would like to say again thank you to everybody who decided to stop by thank you to these wonderful players for putting up with my bullshit once again and we will see you guys next time all right everybody Bye bye